0: The following is a Breaks Media podcast.
1: You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad.
0: Go here. Go
1: here. Go here. Go here. Go here. Go ahead. Go here. Don't call the cops on this armor. Go start some craziness drama. Trying to be patient Obama. Don't make them bring out the llamas. Go here. Go here.
2: Welcome to the 92nd episode of The Awakened Soul I'm your host, CEO Hayes And we have Andrew Bello back in the building this week To discuss some politics And we ended on some Captain Marvel talk And just some uh, MCU discussion in general Just about uh, some speculation about where we see everything going With Endgame being right around the corner For any first-time listeners, this is The Awakened Soul You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul You can also follow me at CEO Hayes. And you can also email us, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. We are part of The Breaks Media, which is the premier podcast network, uh, well, media company in general that you will find, because we're not just podcasting. We have written blogs. We've got everything. Go to the network.com. As I said, we do have Andrew Bello back in the building making his return to The Awakened Soul. We also have Scoop Grady, P.Y. Tiana, the whole the Awakened Soul crew is back this week I know last week I kind of held the fort down By myself, it's good to have the whole team Back on, uh, so we're going to go ahead We're going to get into our intro music After that is going to be the End of my hey segment I will see you beautiful and lovely people On the other side of this Haze. You know Welcome to the End of Mind Hey Haze segment. This is my personal segment where I just get stuff off my chest that's going on in the world over the course of the week. And there's only one thing in the End of Mind of Haze segment It's going to be fairly short because a lot of what I would normally talk about me and Bella actually talk about when we discuss politics. And that is this R. Kelly um, interview. I know you're a lot of uh, podcast of color, a lot of podcasts in general are going to be discussing it. Um, but I want to kind of attack it from a, a different standpoint. And I think that when you see this interview, and then you see the the two women, um, that are actually listed as victims in the current case that he's going on, but now are in a relationship with him, it really puts into perspective everything that was said in the Survivor R. Kelly documentary. I think that saying that he's a manipulator, saying how he brainwashes these young women, it was all put on display there. And we're not even going to get yet into the Art Kelly part himself. I wanted to talk about that because when you see these two young women there defending Art Kelly with the the way that they did as strongly as they did, it just it makes you sad. It makes you also sad for their parents. He's played whatever issues that they had going on with their family um against the women to where that they now feel that he's all that they have um to rest in and it was made obvious. So for me personally, and you guys can tell me if you guys feel differently, seeing that portion of the video just made almost any theatrics he did during during it just mean even less. So they didn't mean anything when I saw him anyway. But seeing that, because it's evident what's going on. And as far as with R. Kelly and the crying and the theatrics that he pulled with Gayle King, he's really just trying to just see the whole situation up. And that is a, a, something I'm going to start uh using is that he sat there on this interview and he tried to gain sympathy for something that he's it's not it's all clearly a show at least in my opinion We're looking at that the tears the uh standing up the getting loud the you're fighting for your life like i'm sorry if, if it turns out that none of this is true and I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it. But seeing him on the stage and doing what he did, it was a performance. It was a terrible acting job. And that's just how I took it. Um, He's trying to con and gain sympathy. And it's made even worse when, uh, you know, the uh the daycare owner is the one who bailed him out of jail. Then he had it. Then he was back in jail for back child support. Another mysterious woman paid that for him and got him out of jail. So this this whole um, manipulizing of, of stuff that R. Kelly does is is very evident in what's going on today. It makes everything, like I said, in that documentary, it's all being shown in even more of a light when you see this. It came out that he only had $300,000 in the bank, which I would gladly take that, as I know many of the listeners would. But everything that's going on around him, all of this shit, like... It it, it, I'm 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 never happy necessarily to see someone have have to go to jail. But in this case, I'm happy that all this facade, all this bull crap is just being taken down, tore down. And R. Kelly's being exposed as the creep he's been for decades. Again, my personal opinion, I've always said on this show, I know I share my opinion, but it's a it's a living conversation. I want to know how you guys feel about it. If you disagree with me, if you think I'm coming at him too hard. If you guys think I'm way off basis. But for me. Just seeing that just showed uh, what a master manipulator can do and how they try to operate um, when they're being exposed. So that's my opinion. That's the only thing in the in end the of my Hayes segment. Like I said, the, a lot of what I wanted to talk about this week, I get to talk with my good friend, Andrew Bello. So be around to check out that segment. We're going to go ahead and take another break. We're going to get into the unpopular opinion from Pytiana. I will catch you guys after that.
0: good morning to y'all happy monday to you how y'all feeling this morning it's a brand new week y'all let's set it off with an unpopular opinion so y'all y'all ever have somebody approach y'all and say how you doing and then you proceed to actually tell them how you doing and they looking at you crazy as hell and you might even sense them kind of drift off in the never never land They ass ain't listening to you not a little bit Well that is my unpopular opinion You see people really don't want to hear how you doing People really don't mean half the shit that come out their mouth We live in a society where we just say things for the sake of saying them Somebody will walk into a room full of people and say good morning with an attitude. How the hell you say good morning with an attitude? Not even realizing that you're saying good morning. See, nobody really wants to know how you feeling or how you doing. It's just something that we say. It's just normalized. We're supposed to ask you how you doing. We really don't care how you doing at all. So you have to be careful when you're going around sharing stuff with people. I say this because so often we like to vent to people, people that really don't give a damn about how we feel and how we doing or what our well being is at the time. I found you have to find a really good friend that actually gives a damn about you if you feel like venting, a therapist if you feel like venting, a counselor if you feel like venting because 99.99% of the people that you run into could really care less if your ass jumped off a bridge or not and in all fairness people got their own problems. So don't nobody want you running up to them randomly and just giving them your whole spill on what's all going wrong in your life just because they asked you how you was doing. Y'all, Facebook don't want to hear your problems either. Let me go ahead on and throw that out there. Because we love to get on Facebook and put all our business out there for the world to see. And then got the nerves enough to get upset when people discuss the very same business that we involved them in. People don't care, y'all. So be careful who you share your feelings and your innermost thoughts with. Because most people just waiting to go and tell somebody what it is that you got going on or laughing your goddamn face soon as you walk away. I mean, probably holding in the giggles while you standing there just pouring your little heart out, pouring little thing. See, I learned how to take my problems to guide. See, I lay down and I talk about them and we work them out. Even got me a therapist for the loop. Talk to them if I can't talk to nobody else. Got a few solid ass friends that I bring my issues to. But never to strangers that really don't give a damn about me no more than a man on the moon See we use the term friend too loosely And we give people this zition Yeah I said zition not position but zition In our life And they don't deserve it They don't deserve to know what all our innermost thoughts is And they ain't gonna even give you no solid feedback anyway You're gonna have to tap them and tell them you're done talking when you finish. That's how much attention they not paying to your ass I say all that to say this, y'all. Don't be a vent of Andros. Be careful who you vent to, because 99.99% of the people you run into on a day to day really don't give a damn. And that's all I have to say about that. This has been Unpopular Opinion with me, Pytiana, Tiana, the around intellectual girl, Follow at official ATL Girl on all social media outlets and subscribe on YouTube at Around the Lexual Girl. You got unpopular opinions? I wanna know like Joe. Send them to around the lectual girl at gmail.com. I'm serving up hot morning tea seven days a week. You need a morning push? You know where to find me. Happy Monday to you.
2: Who do you guys vent to when you need to? Since that was the topic there, I guess I'll post that on the Wake and Soul um, Twitter page and probably breaks me the Breaks Media Twitter page as well. Who do you vent to? Uh, PYT, Tiana, as she said there, she vents to God. I think I'm kind of like that. I don't. I don't know, um, but who do you guys vent to when you need to? When you need to vent, uh, is it is it to is it to God? Is it to yourself? Is it to your dog? Uh, people vent to all different kinds of things. What's your venting and coping mechanism? I guess that's a good question. That's a good unpopular opinion. Um, good discussion topic as well. I may have to pick that up myself one day. Uh, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna get into a, another musical break. I'm um, on the other side of that. It's going to be the petty news from the one and only Scoop Grady. I will see you guys after that.
3: Yo, what up, everybody? Scoop Brady once again with the Petty News Report. What is going on, everybody out there? First of all, I want to give a shout out to the Inside School first live podcast show, y'all. We killed that motherfucker. Everybody came out, they showed up, they showed out, and I want to thank everybody that came out that supported us shout out to oversaturated podcast for hosting the show for us they did an incredible job y'all shout out to all the podcast shows that was there from call of duty black dad podcast from even through the glass podcast to television talented that was also there and everybody that was there you know what i'm saying we kicked it we ate good took shots all night man so everybody make sure y'all tune into the show we definitely gonna put that up on youtube and everything else um let's get right into it though Please make sure y'all say a prayer for George Foreman. He lost his daughter at the age of 42 years old. She was found in her house in Texas, dead. They haven't figured out what it was, but I'm just getting sick and tired of everybody in their house dead, man. This is ridiculous. I don't know what's going on, but it's a bunch of BS, man. This sucks that somebody that's so young, 42 is not old, everybody. you People, we are just losing so many people at an early age, man. This stuff got to stop, man. So once again, make sure we say a prayer for uh, George Foreman and his family and keep his head held high for everything, you know what I'm saying? So next, next. R. Kelly bonded out of jail once again, everybody. R. Kelly paid $160,000 and back child support to get released from jail. For everybody that thought this man don't have money, he is telling y'all. He is doing fine. He got money. He playing a lot of mind games with everybody. That's what I feel like it is. It's a bunch of mind games. R. Kelly, with the whole interview, I think it was fake. I really don't think he was really, like, crying or anything. It was great acting. You know what I'm saying? He gets an Oscar for that. But people... Pay attention to what's going on because he's telling us he's fucking up in his interviews. He's fucking up in his interviews. He's fucking up in a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like every time he talk on the microphone, he just let us know every time that he does something stupid. Next, Nick Cannon got on social media and said, when are we gonna see the surviving of Harvey Weinstein. Um, You know what, Nick Cannon? I agree 100%. You know what I'm saying? With everything that's going on, we are showing a lot of black people that has been doing negative things. And we're not going to take that from none of them. They deserve to be put in jail. There should be justice and everything. But let's not forget, okay? Let's not... Just look at it as if black people Doing crazy things out here It's a lot of white people And I'm not trying to make it a race thing But they are really going at A lot of people that are African American And god damn it It's time to go at every race Okay From Elvis Presley To Harvey Weinstein You know what I'm saying It's so many people out there Let's not forget y'all It's not just black people out here That's doing crazy stuff But at the same time If you look at it They are trying to get their TV ratings up They're trying to get that money And that's what it's all about I feel It's not about respect Dignity And morals It's about money and that's what they're doing so they figure if they get black people on tv if they get black people interviewed they gonna know we're gonna act a damn fool and we're gonna make a fool of ourselves but goddamn it no that's not what it's about let's get justice for everybody for every race for every culture you know the nonsense is happening so don't hide it let's fix it and let's move the hell on and last but not least the petty question of the week is as you see all these celebrities all these people that are out here on the carnival experience in these amazing outfits you know i'm saying from ashanti oh my goodness ashanti to little kim to a rihanna you know i'm saying the question i have is is this the time where females act ratchet is this the only time women feel like this is the time where they can just be that type of ratchet and be just loose out here in the world that is the petty question of the week Is this the only time women decide to be ratchet on these carnivore experience Where they can let loose, be free, and just be naughty as they want to be And that is all we have for the petty news Thank you all for listening, continue to follow of Soul And thank you all for following the Inside Scoop Like I said before, we just had our first podcast show And make sure y'all be cool and put some deodorant under y'all armpits
1: Yo, this your boy Floor 700 What's good everybody, it's your guy Fresco And we are the, the podcast, podcast Brothers, brothers dig yeah hey what is our show about actually our show is about a little bit of everything man it's not just one thing but it's a little bit it is right it's like a little bit oh my goodness no like that song no not from you what song is that i don't know it don't matter it It doesn't matter what song that is (laughs) well that's what our show is about it's about two brothers kicking a shit real life brothers real life brothers obviously not by choice and if you know, you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for healthy debate, makes for good dialogue, and it keeps the interest and the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the Podcast Brothers is dead. You dig? Chill.
2: And that was Scoop Gertie with the Petty News. It is now time to get into the discussion topic of the week. Me and Andrew Bello, we talked some politics and then we take a break. We get into some Captain Marvel. Uh, so this one's going to be a fun one for any of you guys who really don't like hearing um, politics, because uh, I know some some of it goes over some people's head. We don't go super in depth. More so, our reactions to some of the news rather than break it down like we do sometimes. So, um, say for that. that conversation please do if not definitely listen to the captain marvel review because that's one of me and bellows favorite things to do we talk marvel movies and you guys saw our text message log it's it's a lot of marvel talking there so we're bringing that to you guys on the podcast this week we're going to get into some music as we tend to do around here and on the other side of that it's the discussion topic of the week ladies and gentlemen look who's back in the building the andrew Bello has finally made his return back to the awakened soul mr woke andrew Bello, which is a, na- a nickname that you got here from the awakened soul what's going on man
4: not too much always always happy to be here on the awakened soul it's a it's a second home away from home essentially in my podcasting world so uh, I'm, I'm growing as as'll we'll, I'm sure talk about at some point I'll throw that throw all my plugs in at the end of the show but um, yeah the awakened soul is, is sort of where my my political podcasting career started and you sir are the one who got me started in the podcasting world in general so uh, it's always a it's a pleasure and an honor to be here man
2: oh man anytime I love I love talking to you in general so we, we got politics we got Marvel stuff it's like the best of both worlds that we got to yes. discuss um but before we get into that i do want to talk you have a new podcast finally i've been waiting like when you sent me the text that you started this podcast you should have saw the fucking shit eating grin on my face because i've been waiting for this to cancel this podcast political That's podcast funny. from the yeah. andrew bellow We've been waiting on this, man. What, what made you finally pull the trigger?
4: You know, I was really sitting around. I've been watching a lot of the news and I've, I've been kind of this is something I've been in the works for a while now. And I, in the last couple of months, even started just typing up notes on like a weekly basis as things were coming across the news cycle. I'm like, OK, this would be a good topic for this, this, that and the other thing. And I did that for like two or three weeks before I realized I should have just been recording shows doing this already. So one weekend or last weekend, I decided to just sit down and do it uh, with the with the DNC primary coming up. I needed to get this thing rolling because that's <laughs> going to provide so much content. It's it's ridiculous. So just that alone, uh, I wanted to kind of get it off the ground. Luckily, have uh, you know great people in the podcasting biz yourself and Billy Ray and Ben Amin and Big Ray and all the guys that, uh, that I've had the pleasure of working with over time, and they kind of got the word out as well. So we're off to a decent start, and hopefully we'll keep it going from
2: there. That's what's up. That's what's up. Great first episode. Uh, I don't know if you have dropped as if we're recording now. Dropped episode two or not? I've yeah, yeah, episode.
4: I guess it's yeah. Technically, we're, the last week was kind of the pilot episode, so episode one is up right now on cancelthispodcast.podbean.com or on iTunes. You just search search cancel this, and I'm the first thing that pops up. And uh, I mean, as I was telling you, this is this is not your bipartisan. Uh, objective political (laughs) podcast like make no mistake about it i've 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 left those things in the rear view mirror at this point in time if you want the opposite opinion look no further than cnn or msnbc but if you're looking for the opposite of that the cancel this political podcast is the podcast for you
2: yeah i I mean the thing is too is that you don't have to be bipartisan this is your opinion so i mean fuck exactly like yeah give it give it give it your opinion that's something i've had to like I, I like sh- having both opinions displayed on the podcast. That's why I love having you on. That's why I love having Billy Ray Valentine on. People who are just not afraid to give their opinion and be honest with their opinion. That's what make that's what makes it worth listening to. Like if I'm just trying to give a, a, a opposing view that I really don't believe in. It's gonna come off as disingenuous, So there you go.
4: Exactly, and I'll try to be fair when it's gonna be fair. It's not gonna be you know a hundred percent pro Trump all the time. I, I do certainly have disagreements with them, and when I have them, I will point them out as well as any other political you know people out there, any politicians, uh, or for that matter, we're we're not keeping just the politics either. You know, culture, uh, you know, s- social media things along those lines are definitely going to be targets and subjects as we move along.
2: Social media, man, that that may, that's, you know what, let's not even go down it. Cause I, at this point it's so, it's not even social media. Like it, it's so much censorship on all that shit now. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I would, do you agree? Like Twitter is almost the most unbiased place to be. Well, it's almost. it's
4: close to it, definitely. Uh, there there are, it depends on your viewership. Actually, I talk a lot about this on this week's episode, so tune in if you want to hear that. But <laughs> I was talking a lot about the the Tim Pool conversation with Jack Dorsey and Fiji Gadi on the Joe Rogan Experience last week, and uh, there there were they they were pretty forthcoming. Jack, for the most part, was. Was very uh, understanding of Tim's concerns and uh, in regards to the censorship and the biases that might be built into the program. But uh, if you're out there, you can turn off their algorithms, or at least supposedly, uh, by just clicking. You know, getting the latest tweets as opposed to the hottest tweets, or whatever the case may be, and then you actually get things that are coming into your timeline in real time, as opposed to what they. Have configured should be something that you should see at the top yeah. of your timeline. But uh, as far as that's concerned, I feel like they are giving way where places like Facebook and uh, maybe Instagram. I, I'm, I'm sort of out of the Instagram loop, but I know Facebook in particular, they're kind of going the opposite way with it, where they're making no bones about how we're shutting shit down, and this is the way it is, and where Facebook do something about it. All
2: right, yeah, I and I and I agree. Like it's that that bitch of a place of Facebook. Let's not let's not even do it. <laughs> right. Let's not even do it. Um, but so to get on the topics that we have for today, the first one, uh, the state of the state of emergency, uh, Trump getting his wall built, uh, as, as it stands right now, I believe the Senate is prepared to, uh, rebuke the, uh, the state of emergency. Trump is of course going to veto it. Um, so I don't, it's not really much to talk about there because I think that that timeline of exactly how this is goes was laid out by Trump when he declared the state of emergency. It's going exactly the way that he said it was going to go. Um, So, do you think that, like, all this talk, the states that have sued over it, that are trying to block it, is it all just delaying the inevitable, basically, is what's happening?
4: I think so. I think at the end of the day, like you said, he's going to veto It's so all this vote has just been for show for the for the most part. Uh, more importantly than that, and you know, you know how I like to kind of twist things and that Trump is some sort of mastermind here. I don't know that this is him necessarily as much as people that he's talking to people in his circles, but they've already arranged it in such a way where by the time uh, the by the time the Democrats get to suing over this money that's supposedly going to be designated, as a result of the enactment of the National Emergency Act of 1976, in accordance with a couple of other subordinates in there, he's going to be able to move money for military projects, which is going to ultimately just be a wall at the end of the day. But he's already got other monies in place where that that have already been signed off and passed by Congress in some of the budget bills over the last couple of years. He's going to start using all of that money first, and then by the time they, the money actually gets spent from the result of the state of emergency uh, and they start suing for that, like the hundreds of miles of wall will have already been built. And at that point, it'll be just counterproductive to cut it off. A, 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 you know, if you build three quarters of a wall, why wouldn't you just finish the damn thing for whatever it's going to cost at that point? The, the couple of billion dollars he's going to have to move around. So I think in that sort of way that the sequence in which the money has been spent on this wall, he's going to get it. Come hell or high water because by the time they get to that two that last two billion dollars it'll make no sense to not just finish the project
2: and and recently it came out that he's gonna actually ask for an additional eight point six billion dollars as well, so that's gonna be a whole nother fight coming um yes, so it's just gonna start this whole process is just gonna start over again uh whether you believe that the wall should shouldn't be built there does there does need to be something done about border security i don't i, I think that people are so against fighting the wall that it that's kind of missed there that something does need to be done. I personally, you know me, I'm a tech head, so the the idea of more technology and monitoring does of course interest me. I haven't seen a plan in place that I can agree with that I that I think is feasible. Just the idea of that I would like to think that some form of technology can be done in a physical wall, but either way, something does need to be done. And I think yeah. that that the hate of Trump and everything is kind of losing sight of something needs to be done about border security.
4: Absolutely. And even with the technology, I mean, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't use those things as well, um but the the physical barrier seems to be the easiest solution. It it's the most um it's the most cost-effective to to put in all the infrastructure that you would need for a technological wall, whatever that means, whether it be, uh, you know, everything from a force field to an electric, you know, like a <laughs> dog, like an electric fence kind of gimmick, yeah. uh, however they want to work it. I mean, there is still going to be infrastructure that you need to put in place to set up the sensors, to set up uh, points for drones to be able to calculate where they are basically along the wall and and ultimately detect people coming across the border. So uh, as rudimentary as it might be, the wall is probably the least uh, cost, of, or the most cost effective way to go about about it. I mean, we're talking about, you know, at this point, 5.7 billion, I think was the number a little while back that he said he needed. He got a little bit of in the budget this year and the rest of it he's going to try to make up for with the state of emergency that he's that he's uh, he's got going right now. Um, but, I mean, just in relation to what, what it costs taxpayers, the wall would be paid for in months, not even weeks even. I mean, just in the state of California alone, these are, these are statistics from fairus.org. In the state of California alone, a year, it's a $25 billion state deficit to the country, the, the, the cost of illegal immigrants through education, health care. Law, uh, justice and law enforcement, public assistance, and then general government services. At, a, at, a, at an average, the average legal Californian household, it costs them $2,350 in taxes every year to make up for what, a, what amounts to 11% of the population in California is, is considered illegal citizens and their children. Dreamers, if you will so i mean that's that's a considerable debt to the society and if you can stop the you know in order to keep the ship afloat you got to start plugging the leaks before you can start redirecting you know where the ship is going at the end of the day so you know to, to stop the influx that appears to be at an all-time high right now or at least uh at least on track to be relatively high it's certainly compared to last year we have three times more illegals being caught at the border at this time, as this year, and they're coming in at ports of entry, and they're filling out the paperwork, and they're doing it the right way, they are more than welcome. But once you once you start your relationship with America by breaking a federal law, it's not a good indicator for where you're going to be as a citizen long term.
2: I don't think it, it could have been said any better. And and I think that's the thing too is that it's so much that we're painting people with these broad strokes of black and white. Either it's oh, you hate all immigrants, you just don't want immigrants to come in, and it's like for a lot of people, it is about coming in the right way and not sneaking in which okay i can can understand that um i i am against like the whole the idea of just not having immigrants come into at all to america but that's not really what for most people the issue is i think you do have some of those radicals that do think that whether they say it out loud or not i I don't want to act like that's that it's not a thing but we need to stop painting in such broad strokes in my
4: opinion oh absolutely yeah i mean uh, it, th- this country is founded on immigrants right i mean at the end of the day we're all immigrants to this continent but at the end of the day we are still a country in order to have a country there needs to be some sort of barrier put up not necessarily a physical wall so much as a boundary you know it, if you don't have a border you don't necessarily have a country we'd just be a one world you know just kind of free roman nomadic society where you could just come and go as you please we all know that's not how it is and we all know that's not how it should be at the end of the day day and so you know putting up a wall if that's what it takes to at least get people to come in through the proper entry the proper ports of entry uh, that's you know seems to unfortunately be where we're at
2: all right well enough said on that one do you have anything left to add on that back to the i know we we started talking about the border wall specifically a lot but anything left on the state of emergency or where you see it going or anything else before we move on
4: Yeah, I mean, I I see a lot of hate on social media about, oh, Trump's doing this. I thought we were in the middle of a state of emergency. And, you know, you see those kind of like comments all over the place. And, yeah, unfortunately, we are at the point now to where this is a state of emergency because one half of of Congress basically is just willing to completely ignore the problem because of their disdain for the president. And the other half is trying to do something. and, And, you know, unfortunately, that half isn't enough to get the votes through in order to fund it the right way. But, because it's not being funded the right way. And it's most definitely a problem, no, no matter, you know, we can we could talk about how big the problem is, but it is a problem at the end of the day, um, having having the influx of illegal immigrants that we have, particularly on the southern border. And hey, if they were coming from the northern border, screw you, can't Canadians stay up there and, and you know, on your side of it. But it, that's not where the problem is. And, you know, to, to suggest otherwise, is is just sort of being ignorant to the real problem at the end of the day. Um, so it is an emergency, whether or not Trump manages to squeeze in 18 holes. Golf somewhere along the way, it still is an emergency. There have been plenty of emergencies that have been around that, um, that that you know didn't merit the president's 100% attention all the time, and this is one of them.
2: All right, well, moving into the next one that uh definitely got Trump's attention. Uh, well, we're going to go into the Cohen testimony, but I do have on the list first the moeller report. Just off the sense that I think that I wanted to talk about this because a lot of people see this report as. It's going to be the smoking gun that's needed to impeach Trump, and by all intents and purposes, is looking at the way that it it may not be. And I mean, it, yes, it's going to be made public parts of it, um, but the Attorney General it's at, it's really at his discretion. At least I found out from my research how much he makes known to the public. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, it sounds yeah like he's he's in charge of Mueller still technically at the end of the day. So he would he would have some sort of clearance over him on that front.
2: Okay, and so um, just. The fact that this is being made public, like I said, everyone is looking at it as the smoking gun. Uh, the Democrats seem to to now be getting things in place, and they're doing that probe on Trump, uh, maybe because they don't believe fully, or they're just trying to have a contingency plan. But what what are you, what does it worry you at all? Because as of right now, until something comes out, I'm just looking at this as like it's just something people are clinging on to. I just I don't have high hopes for it personally. If if some crazy details come out to it, more power to it. Um, but I just I just don't see it as going to be a big thing personally.
4: Yeah, this is this is going to be a big fat nothing burger. People <laughs> i have been I mean, I don't I don't know how long I've been saying it, how long I've been thinking it. But I mean, this is as we're getting closer and closer to the report actually being unveiled. What I'm worried about is on one hand, I'm a huge fan of transparency and I want it all to be released because I know not a word of it says that Donald Trump colluded with any sort of Russians whatsoever. There is no evidence to suggest that. And if there were, it would have been leaked by now because virtually everything of significance significance has been leaked for the last 2 years from this white house so that you know if there was it was coming out by now it's not there and that's what they're worried about now at this point they're trying to they're trying to suggest that they want it all out there but what'll happen is it'll be dumped on us it'll be a lot of uh, redactions all over the place because Uh, In one hand, I I want everyone to see the evidence because I know it's not there. Uh, But on the other hand, what it's going to turn into is that the Mueller report is going to be a political hit piece from top to bottom in Mueller patting himself on the back about how much he's doing and how many bad guys he put away and Paul Manafort and George Papadopoulos and Carter Page and 12 Russian hackers that were doing Facebook memes or whatever it is. And it's going to be a lot about that stuff. There's going to be a lot about the supposed salacious Things having to do with trump like things that are just going to be put in there explicitly to embarrass donald trump even though the bottom line on the bottom of the report is going to say we found no evidence of collusion which is what's going to matter but it won't be what matters in that news cycle because of some other stupid detail about some stupid shit he did in a hotel in russia in like 1984 (laughs) (laughs) it's funny sorry
2: that's a lot of no (laughs) No, you know you're funny because it's true like in in the whole no collusion part, if that is what what comes out from it, it'll be glossed over because everybody will, will want to focus on, well, he paid two prostitutes in Russia 18 years ago.
4: Yeah. And well, I mean, what, a, and I, I talk about this on the show this week as well, is that they've already moved on. If you pay really close attention to the news cycle and to the Democrats, they've already moved past Russian collusion. You rarely hear it anymore, except for the from the presidential candidates who want to just keep Hillary Clinton's memory alive in some way, shape or form. Um, but you get now they're doing this two pronged attack. So on one prong. They, they want all of his financial records and the financial records of everybody who's ever done business with him based on no suggestion of a specific crime. They want to just go and look through all the paperwork in search of a crime, which is, as we know, not how a fair and legal justice system presides over things. Um, and then on the other end, they want to push towards obstruction of justice. And there is already a litany of evidence to suggest that him firing James Comey and anything else that he's done since then is not an obstruction of justice. And you can ask people, who would probably love nothing more than to be able to say that Donald Trump obstructed justice. And Andy McCabe and Jim Baker, who was the former lead attorney for the FBI, James Comey himself has said that Trump told him to investigate his campaign in case there was people who might be doing some bad things with the Ruskies. uh, and, And Jim Baker also said that uh, Donald Trump was told explicitly that he was not under investigation. So, how would you possibly obstruct justice in a case that has nothing to do with you that you don't even know is going on? Um, it's it's nonsense. So, that's those are the angles that they're going to push in the media, but just like the Russian collusion, they got nothing.
2: And you, I don't want to, I want this to be said. Um, I know you've said it on the waking soul before, so you know, me and you are clear there, but for anyone who's just now listening, um, because you've You've said strongly before, if there is any proof of collusion, Trump needs to go to jail. Absolutely.
4: Impeachment, jail, President Mike Pence, all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what needs to happen. But I don't believe that that's the case. I don't doubt that there were people in his campaign— who were manipulated, who were n- new to the political scene that just happened to get a job in the Trump organization because no one else would work with Trump and they might have had connections. Paul Manafort, for one, absolutely had ties to Russia, absolutely had ties to the Ukraine, whether or not they were in any way, shape or form there to benefit the Trump campaign. I feel like it's it was probably far more to benefit the pockets of Paul Manafort than it was to help Donald Trump directly. And I'm sure Donald Trump didn't know what was going on there because he would have fired – Paul Manafort, which he ultimately did anyway. And, um, you know, like I said, from the from the beginning, I mean, it's I, I think it's all a hoax evidence that I've looked across, looked upon and read. And the Dan Bongino wrote a whole book on this this conspiracy to to essentially to stop Donald Trump from becoming president and to spy on his campaign. Um, You know, Barack Obama and Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch, uh, all that that whole Obama administration, the whole Clinton campaign and the DOJ all in conjunction spying on the Donald on the Trump campaign through peripheral people like George Papadopoulos and and Carter Page. And uh, whether or not any of that ever comes to light and any of them ever see any justice on that, I'm not optimistic about that, even though I think there is evidence to suggest that that it could be proven. Um, but I'm far more convinced that Donald Trump is not in any way, shape or form in collusion with the Russians. And I, I hope this report comes out soon and proves me right once and for all.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, that, that, that's it. You know how people like to paint Trump supporters as unfair or blind. So I just really wanted to point out the facts for anyone who didn't listen to our previous conversation that you will be there on the front line. Oh, yeah. If if oh, he he will be have
4: illusion. he will have duped no one harder than me. I will feel about terrible as as anybody about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the last uh thing we have for, with politics before we get into the fun thing, get to talk some Captain Marvel, um, the Cohen testimony. Um, we're not going to go and review the whole thing. That's already been done. Um, but with your a position of being a Trump supporter. I just wanted to. I figured this would be a, a cool question to ask you. What what you found most shocking coming out of that? If you found anything shocking, and does any of it concern you at all as a Trump supporter? Um, a little more than the Russian stuff. Like definitely way more than the Russian stuff. Because
4: well, I mean, what we're dealing with here, a lot of the campaign finance uh, situation in the Southern District of New York, which is a completely separate investigation altogether, has a lot to do with with payoffs like Stormy Daniels and things along those lines. Michael Cohen appears to be cooperating with the with the authorities on this one and at the end of the day i think trump will probably get nabbed for this like i think he'll he'll probably be found guilty of it w- if and when it happens during his actual presidency is is i guess questionable because i don't even know that they could prosecute a, a sitting president uh there are there's no real precedent for that um but I, I think he'll probably get nabbed for it it'll be a fine it won't be jail time it, what he did was relatively innocent compared to other finance uh, issues in the past i mean basically we're dealing with a guy who who almost fully funded his own campaign and he basically just took money from one pool put it in another and then paid the first pool back all of it's really his money at the end of the day it's, it's far less dirty than they want to make it out to be um but you know that 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 sort of th- stuff i think there is going to be some legal ramifications for him i don't i don't think it'll be anything incredibly serious so it'll probably be a fine something you know around a million dollars or two whatever whatever the highest fine is for that and i think obama had the first, had the one before that um uh, which was relatively insignificant and as we know no one talks about that so <laughs> but moving on uh, from the testimony itself uh, the most shocking thing in the whole ordeal was that the notorious AOC managed to actually string together a couple of coherent sentences. I was, I was very proud of her. Um, but I mean, it, I can't really take any of this testimony seriously. At the end of the day, the guy has already perjured himself. And it's now been rumored that even in this testimony, he may have perjured himself a few more times on top of it. <laughs> He's a liar on top of a liar. And yeah, I know Donald Trump has a little difficulty with the truth at times as well. Donald Trump has not been asked to be a serious witness in the serious prosecution of any actual crimes yet. So when that day comes, we can dump on whether or not he lives in a world of reality or just outright hyperbole. And uh, we can, we'll we we'll see that hopefully play out on, on a witness stand if and when that actually takes place. But um, I, I'm not all that shocked by some of the things he said. He doesn't have any proof for any of the most salacious things that he said. Uh, the racism charges obviously being pretty big, the, the, the way that he claims Donald Trump speaks about black people behind the scenes. I would figure of all the things that he would be recording of anybody, that would probably be something that he would have gotten on tape, and he claims to not have that on tape, so I have to call that into question. Uh, The timing of the hearings is really what bothered me the most, though, with Trump overseas trying to negotiate a deal with Kim Jong-un in Vietnam about nuclear proliferation. There used to be like a longstanding tradition in the country where the president, when he was overseas, we would at least pretend to have a united front back here at home in, in Congress and in the House. And that that clearly has been thrown out the window. Now, I'm not suggesting this is the first time that's ever happened, but in this case, um, dealing with the issues that he's dealing with, everyone knowing that the Democrats want nothing more than for him to fail miserably at every turn regarding regardless of whether or not it's good for the country uh and then having this testimony he, yeah I'm sure Trump was up watching it all night like everyone seemed to think that that was odd you know that he would be watching this testimony
1: <laughs>
2: when it's
4: gonna obviously he would want to know what's said because he it may very well come up during the negotiations that he's sitting across the table from a tyrannical dictator with nuclear weapons he's trying to smooth that problem out but now he's got to deal with Michael Cohen, who probably wouldn't know the truth if it bit him in the ass. So it's, you know, it it, it was a really difficult situation for Trump on that front, trying to deal with both of those things at once. And I don't think anything was accomplished. I, I, think the Dem- I think the Republicans have something to be ashamed of when they, they say, oh, 99.9% of what this guy said was a lie, but he said no Russian collusion. We can believe that. No, that's not how that works. And at the end of the day, I don't need Michael Cohen to tell me that he wasn't in Prague in order for me to prove that the Steele dossier that— was largely based on his presence in Prague negotiating back channels with Russia. I can prove that through his passport. I don't need him to say it on the record in front of Congress. So that 1% of truth that the Republicans are clinging to is irrelevant. So they should have just mainlined this whole thing as this guy's a liar. We can't take anything he says seriously. And, you know, hopefully that's how the public sees it. All right.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. I have nothing left. I will say this. The Cohen testimony is one of the most entertaining things I've ever. Law and Order eats your heart out. Oh, all true. of
4: these have been great. Like even the yeah. Comey hearings. Like people are going to bars and like just chilling and watching these things. I'm I'm almost pretty much in line as soon as I see it, it's it's live. I'm, I just queue it up and then I'm lost for two three hours whatever it is. So then they're fun. We'll, we'll get more of them I'm sure.
2: Yeah I gotta I I, I don't I know you you probably stay on this more than i have especially today because i've just been running around like crazy but the tweets that i've seen from aoc's panel at uh south by southwest oh yeah have just sure been...
4: <laughs> <they're> ridiculous
2: <laughs> <laughs> they've been out of crap like
4: i saw i saw bill nye made a made an appearance so we've got the two world's foremost climate experts together in one one spot there that's that's a tremendous thing for all of humanity i'm sure
2: Oh, man, I got I got to go watch this as soon as we're done recording because the the tweets alone just got me interested. But uh, it's been an entertaining South by Southwest in general. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
4: I'm I'm looking forward to to hearing back everything she had to say. A mul- multiple minutes in a live mic with AOC is not a good recipe for her long term success. So I'm I'm cool with all of it.
2: <laughs> the thing with AOC here, here's the thing because I'm not an AOC hater and I can understand. You know, I mean, you're on the opposite side of political spectrum oh, yeah. from AOC, so I, I I understand that. But I think a lot of what she says are good headlines, good things to retweet, good catchphrases. But for me personally, I find. Not all the time, but most of the time, the substance of what she's saying, besides some some good headlines, really is just, it's all over the fucking place to just be quite honest.
4: Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, you know, there's a lot of She's pulling stuff out of her ass. And, and you know, I like to pretend that I'm super educated and all this stuff. If I ran for Congress tomorrow and got dropped into the House of Representatives, I'd have a hard time getting through certain issues if I was really yeah. pushed on them. The problem with her is that her issues are environmentalism and corrupt money in politics. And as of right now, she is a hypocrite on both fronts. So, I mean, from what I can tell with some of the stories that are going around, as far as her, her carbon footprint in particular, her living so much higher on the hog than she claims that, she, that the rest of us should basically um and then in addition to what's going on with her campaign uh potentially funneling money into private organizations and some of that money ending up in the pocket of her boyfriend um all of this sort of like if those are going to be your issues you better damn sure make sure that the closet's
2: clean before you start running <laughs> your mouth about them and then that's obviously not what happened here yeah yeah the thing that i'm and i've i've got my flack for because i'm not someone who's blindly gonna be democrat um, at all. Like I call Democrats out all the time, even though I guess I'm look, I, I'm I'm voting for whoever makes the most fucking sense to me. And yeah. what, what makes sense to, that aligns with my ideals? What what matters to me? And I'm I'm not afraid to call anything out is bullshit. And this whole shit, I've been toting this thing since the fucking uh, midterms. It's like being blindly Democratic is is just as bad as being blindly Republican especially for people who don't really know what the fuck is going on like there's so many people who will I had a conversation with someone one day bello and this this almost made me pull my beer hair out and I and, and and they they commented on something I said I don't even remember exactly what it was something I said politically on one of the episodes and it was about you know don't bitch like if you voting is your right if you choose not to vote that's fine but i had said something like well, you can't bitch at all about what anybody does if you choose not to vote yeah I feel the that's, same way. that's my opinion. And that we we end up having a conversation in the DMs back and forth and they were like, "Well, I just think that, you know, uh I I can't get with Trump because XYZ." I was like, "Okay. All right, that's fine. I I if that's your opinion, that's fine." And I was like, "Are you Democratic or Republican?" She was like, "I'm Democratic. I'm dem- I'm a Democrat." I said, "Why?" And cricket. I didn't I didn't get a response back for 20 minutes. And then the only response was, Well, I'm de- I'm Democratic because I think that they're for me. I said, Well, what do what do Democrats do that are blindly just for you? Since that that just you yes. threw that blanket on the whole party. <laughs> you threw that on the whole party, because there's some shit back ass Democrats too. Um and they're I just and for I said, her
4: too. They're not for her aunt, not for her yeah, cousin, for her, not just just her.
2: And so and then I said, uh um and I and I <laughs> I said, I, I really think what you did is you went and wikied what what political party Obama was, and you just said that, that was, that's what you are. <laughs> Never heard back. Never heard back. Didn't say anything Ooh. back to me at all. Damn. That's, the truth
4: hurts sometimes, man. I mean, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Oh yeah the, I, I mean there there is a lot of what I'm like what I'm referring to now is the passionately stupid out there and then it's just not not this necessarily this this person you were talking about but just a lot of people out there I mean look I I don't like being made to look a fool so when I come out on my twitter and I have a a bold political statement to be made I usually have some facts and data to back it up. So, you know, to just to just go out there and say willy nilly things like I don't even know. I don't want to I don't want to even throw blankets over so many. It's not even just Democrats. It's 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 Republicans as well. But you just get like these ridiculous uh pie in the sky statements like everyone should have healthcare. Okay, that's great. Who's gonna pay for it? Oh, you're a monster. How dare you ask what it's gonna cost? You know, like these kinds of conversations. It's just this is why people get elected to have specific roles in these in these processes and that we should be paying a lot more close attention to the people that we are electing in hopes that they'll make the right kinds of decisions as opposed to just going blue or red. Now, obviously, uh, it's hard for me to bitch about this because I'm as red as it gets. But I'm red not because I woke up one day and somebody said, hey, be a Republican. Like, I I weighed the two parties. I'm looking at the value set and mine more clearly and in, in pretty much unit unanimously lines up with you know what the republican party is offering not that i'm proud of all of my republicans because god knows there's a lot of just little goobers in there that are just somehow getting elected in these you know flyover states and and they, they do little to nothing to help the president's agenda and I'm, I'm not
2: all that pleased about it i still love uncle bernie though i love uncle bernie too i i i, <laughs> I really do like I, I love bernie sanders i'm sorry like
4: There's 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 something about the guy that you could just got to give credit to. I mean, he's he's sticking around like he's he's going to be like damn near 80. and He's going to be trying to run for president again in a field where there's like a hundred other people he's going up against. He's the old, rich, white Jewish guy in the party that hates old, rich,
2: white Jewish guys. It's not a good it's it's a very uphill battle for him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go ahead. We're gonna take a break. Uh, you're gonna hear a commercial from one of the Breaks Media podcasts. On the other side of that, we're gonna we're gonna step away from politics. We're gonna get into some Marvel and Captain some Marvel and Captain Marvel talk. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. See you guys after this break.
0: Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy T I M K
1: I N Z D number three, A K A Go Go Power Ranger. Yeah, is the Black Ranger. It's me, A K A Mister Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. I am the Eric J.
0: Only known as
1: it's the Eric J.
0: And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door, you know, holding it down for all the women who love sports.
1: And it's your boy K Harris, the gentleman,
0: the, J- the gentleman. gentleman,
1: also known as K Diddy, take that, take that. but better known as the people's J- Jabroni
0: <laughs> And that's us. I mean, we have four friends come together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you. You ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before.
4: Damn straight. So
0: check us out every Wednesday. Get at us.
2: So scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Cree. A race of noble warriors.
4: Heroes. Noble warrior heroes.
3: Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you. With no memory, we made you one of us.
0: So you could live longer. Stronger. Superior. You were reborn.
1: I keep having these
2: memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. You know how to fly this thing? We'll see.
1: That's a yes or no question.
2: Yes. All right Bello. so I, I i we're probably done pissing off a lot of people discussing politics yeah. um we should, we should probably I'm... started with the marvel stuff <laughs> you know what now that you say that i may i may edit it and flip-flop this conversation that's fine
4: well, we'll <laughs> i'll try not to say anything to allude to one or the other so that we don't have any editing <laughs> continuity
2: issues <laughs> i don't think people really pay attention Um <laughs> they're just there for the conversation, but. Captain Marvel came out this weekend. Uh long anticipated movie. I think uh they didn't really have to market it this much. I think the biggest and the best marketing they did was put that symbol at the end of Infinity War. Uh that's yeah. just my personal opinion cuz I, I I don't think the marketing captured this movie a lot. Like I went into this honestly thinking this would be my least favorite Marvel movie and I came out of it it's not one of my favorites it's a very good marvel movie but it's a lot more fun than what the trailers made me think what what were your what was your just short opinion on it before we get into the details
4: no i'm sort of with you i mean i was i had i kind of my predispositions to the movie obviously can and considering some of the things that brie larson came out and said now a lot of it was taken out of context having said that could have been worded a little bit better just just saying miss larson and um Yeah, then they watched the actual commercials themselves, and they just, it seemed like this was just going to be a love letter to feminism. And it's not my particular favorite topic in the world. So I was kind of down on the whole idea of the movie going into it, much like yourself. I figured this was going to be something I was going to enjoy the least. And at the end of the day, the movie wasn't anything like the, you know, the super pro feminists agenda movie that I expected it to be. I, I thought Carol was. Cute and funny. And I think that's really what they wanted her to be at the end of the day. And I'm I'm interested to see how she fits into the bigger pantheon. And I thought the movie stood by itself. I, it might have tried to do a little too much in a very short period of time, but that's, you know, I, I'm getting nitpicky. Ultimately, like within the MCU, I thought it was middle of the road, which still makes it a pretty damn good movie, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think this is one of the first times with the Marvel movie that I think they try to connect it to like the Tesseract being there. It really doesn't fit when when you think about what we've seen in the Marvel movies. Yeah.
4: I'm, I was curious as to how Dr. Larson got the Tesseract, because we know Howard Stark found it back in the 40s and it's been under S.H.I.E.L.D., Project Pegasus, whatever why? Why would I can understand how maybe she had access to it, but why was she able to take it up on her Cree secret base up in the sky like that? That yeah. seemed a little bit like I, I need a little bit more explanation as to how that came about. But I did like that. I liked that the Space Stone was involved here. I liked how how Goose obviously came uh, as it became a carrying case for it at one point or another. And um, I'm I'm interested to see if it plays into Endgame in the way that I think it will because there are some theories going around out there that they are going to potentially be copying the Infinity Stones and that they might use Carol kind of as the baseline for her signature. Because at one point, who is it? Uh, Talos says, we noticed your energy signature matched that of the stone or of the core. So they're probably going to do some sort of thing where they read Carol and they can copy the Space Stone and then they try to do that with the other stones. So I thought that was all very well laid out in this movie. I'll give them the continuity credit on that one.
2: Yeah, and then uh, uh, Talos was fucking hilarious. Um, Yeah, he was good too. Like he, and the thing is, I think when you see the scrolls again, that was a a misdirect. Which I get that one; that's a huge plot point. But you expect this the scrolls to be this like terrifying thing, and he's literally they they set it up in the first scene with him. He's cracking jokes from the get go, and 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 he's just he's a great character. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back, but it's it's um. With the movie itself, I think that they set up Carol very well. Um, I like how they did the whole memory thing. I like almost everything they did with her as a character personally. Um, I think that this is one of those times to where they changed the comics a lot. But I love the way they, they had to change it to make it fit their narrative and where they were going. I think that this would have been a completely different movie if it didn't come right before Endgame and however they plan to use her there, which we'll talk about in, in a minute. Overall, I really enjoyed the movie. The way that Nick Fury lost his eye. I fucking love it because the whole thing, it's classified. I can't talk about it. I won't confirm or deny. He just doesn't want to tell. The cat scratched (laughs) out his fucking eye. Like, that's hilarious.
4: Uh, I'm just really hoping that we get, like, a a scene in Endgame where him and him and T'Challa are like side by side and he's like I got a thing against cats like some like some little quip where he's got some issue with cats but people people had kind of theorized that that was going to be potentially how he lost his eye for a little while on reddit and in other circles and uh people were kind of looking back throughout the pantheon of all the marvel movies to see if there's any hint about fury being a little jumpy around cats and strangely enough he had never come in contact with a cat in all of the marvel movies <laughs> except for this one so uh I thought that would I thought that was a really cool thing as well. As you know, we we all were kind of looking forward to seeing how Fury lost the eye. We figured it was coming in that movie. And damn it, Goose. Damn it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And I think too that it's um the the Marvel and their technology, they're just going back in time and getting younger versions of these people. There's no way in hell that this is CGI. Him and yeah. Colson, Samuel Jackson and Colson, no, they went back in time. They actually built a time machine and they pulled these motherfuckers back. Th- that has right. to be what it is yeah i mean
4: short a little uh, facial hair it looked no different than like pulp fiction samuel L. jackson like i mean you couldn't have told the difference honestly it was it, it was sort of weird seeing that because it wasn't something that i was i was thinking about as the movie was going on but then as soon as it ended and i was like running home to go watch another marvel movie to kind of keep my keep keeping the you know the the flow going from in my head uh I was like, wow. He's he's really aged. Like
2: and, and, you know, you just you're seeing them side by side, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, like I said, I I was it it's a solid Marvel movie. I I I I think that it sets the character up for whatever they do with her in Endgame, but let's talk about that. What you you mentioned the theory. What do you think Captain Marvel's role in, in Avengers Endgame is going to be?
4: I I think Her role is going to be more or less kind of what I laid out there and that she's going to show up at the Avengers facility or like we see at the end of the post credits. That'll be a scene right out of the movie, probably very early on, if not before the opening credits. Um, And and she will show up and they will make some sort of connection between her and the space stone. And that's how they'll come up with the I mean, basically, she is a copy of oh, the, the space stone, I mean, yeah. I mean, the core itself was a copy of the space stone. So we know that it's possible to to, mul- to to replicate these things at least in some form. So they'll try to and do the same Cole thing. And Red Skull did it too.
2: He copied the energy signal too for his weapons that he had in in. Yep in uh, the original Cap- uh, Captain America movie. So it's definitely possible. Yeah, so, so they'll do something along those lines. And that, to me, makes
4: a lot more sense because time travel, going back and grabbing them, like there's a whole butterfly effect thing that goes on there. And uh, I was worried, I mean, to me, if they went back in time and even claimed one of the stones, it should undo the snap because he needed all six to do the snap in the first place so like even if you were to claim one of them it would it should be enough to at least reverse that much of the damage that was done Um, so with them having to physically copy them we're gonna see somebody wielding the gauntlet versus Thanos wielding the gauntlet I'm really worried you know that it could very well be Captain Marvel in that spot and that that to me would be kind of a shame and sort of dumping on the first you know first 12 years of the MCU and and that hey none of this mattered until this chick came along and she's (laughs) kind of cute and kind of funny but she's way overpowered and she's going to make all of those other heroes that you've known to grow and love
2: completely useless. I think I think my th- I, I'm envisioning a fight scene between Thanos and Captain Marvel and Thor are kicking Thanos's ass, distracting him while Cap and Iron Man do something else because before Captain Marvel I think as far as the good guys Thor is now the most powerful. Yes protagonist we have after he he got Stormbreaker um so now adding Captain Marvel to that I think those two can definitely throw a fight enough with Thanos to distract him while everyone else does their thing and they're maneuvering so I'm really looking forward to that I think that for anyone I left uh Avengers Infi- Infinity War thinking okay Captain Marvel's gonna come she's gonna be able to stand toe-to-toe with Thanos I think this movie takes that away um because She's just a copy of one of the Infinity Gems. Thanos still has all of them. So she's not right. going to be able to stand toe to toe with him, I don't think.
4: Yeah, there there was a, actually a running theory online. Actually, there there's kind of like this supposed kind of combustion going on within Marvel Studios as far as how much she's actually going to be involved or they they actually just said this week, I think that the final cut is done. They're just doing the editing for the 3D and the sound and all that kind of stuff, but there were up till the last minute kind of decisions being made about how much Carol would be involved in the ultimate defeat of Thanos. Some people wanted her in both Avengers movies. They wanted to try to put her in Infinity War as well. Yeah. And then some people didn't even want her at all until after the Endgame movie. So they kind of split the difference. They did her solo film. She's going to be in Endgame. Um, there are some rumors to suggest that maybe early on in the movie, she tries to take on Thanos by herself. And Thanos using the gauntlet somehow actually knocks her down a peg or two as far as her power levels and that kind of brings her back down to thor wanda levels of power where it's reasonable and she's not completely outshining everybody else i'd like to see her be used as somebody important to the ultimate victory but not like necessarily like in a way that they couldn't have done it without her i want her to be significant but not to the point to where it washes out the importance of thor and cap and iron man so um, there's a theory, and another theory going around, that Hawkeye, Ronin, is in Japan trying to get chunks of Molnir, which apparently the Yakuza came across in Norway and are trying to use for their own weaponry, and that they actually get the old pieces of Molnir to make a new gauntlet here on Earth, and they don't actually need to go to Nidavellir to do it because Captain Marvel would have enough juice to melt the uru and and make the weapon ultimately, so that that would be something I'd really like to see her as far and as far as being so crucial to the process without being the one that necessarily de- delivers the fatal blow.
2: Yeah, I, and I still I'm still holding on to my theory uh, that my cancerverse theory or a version of it, it's, it's going to be Cap Thanos getting trapped somewhere together, maybe fighting for all eternity. Who the fuck knows? Oh, there um, you go. Yeah, I mean just just imagine that, like somehow Cap gets him imbued with some other powers and he can go toe to toe with thanos i think either way th- cap's dying like he's either dying or getting sealed off some way that's that i think that 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 has to be how it ends so
4: yeah i'm sort of worried about cap i mean i've heard a, a couple different theories but uh, the big one seems to be that like he'll sacrifice himself for the soul stone in some way shape or form oh man that's gonna be uh, i'm gonna be a crying mess by the time he hits the ground i mean seriously it's gonna be real rough uh i i actually have my own theory i think natasha would be the one who would sacrifice herself if they needed to sacrifice somebody for the soul stone because she's she's got all this red in her ledger that she's trying to get rid of you know that's been her angle since the beginning is that she's been trying to make up for all of her misdeeds and also i could see a scene where it's her and banner standing on that cliff in the same way that it was her and Banner standing on that cliff in Age of Ultron. And, you know, she kisses him and pushes him off. And then the, the Hulk comes up in this case, you know, she would kiss him and push off of him and, and fall herself and he would get the soul stone. So I could see that kind of parallel them using that, that kind of as, as you know, continuity, if you will.
2: I like that. I like the, but the only thing that would make me think it won't be Natasha's because she has her solo movie coming up. Yes. So, but but I it's mean, a, they, it's a prequel, right? It's
4: supposed to be going yeah. way back into our history, so, so I guess we wouldn't need her around. She could always be a Skrull. We don't know.
2: <laughs> good point, good point. So, I mean, overall review, Captain Marvel, what What are you giving it, man?
4: Um, I mean, i give it, like, I, I don't know if it, we were doing, like, letter grades. i give it, like, a BB+. Plus. It was in that neck of the woods. It was in the upper middle range of the MCU. I kind of put it akin to... Like Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Black Panther and that neck of the woods where it's not necessarily like the top shelf movies, at least in my opinion, um, but it's kind of in that next section down.
2: Yeah, I think I put it up there like it's in that same realm as the Thor, Thor 3, because I love Thor, the last Ragnarok, Ragnarok, um, but it's not in that top tier. And I think it's like it's better than almost any of the uh, any of the phase one films, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah, except for uh, Iron Man probably yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah that that's the that's the the gold standard in that phase so i it's 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 a solid movie man i i can't hate on it completely but I, you almost have to see it though because otherwise you're just getting this random chick showing up beating somebody's ass in in uh in endgame so
4: yes yeah so it's definitely necessary plus because where they are in history like they're it it I mean, I guess at this point we've given away enough spoilers, but, like, it, it's crucial to the Avengers initiative in and of itself True. is all based off of her. So, like, there, there is that whole aspect of it. And there's, there's a couple of little hints here and there um, when she says to Dr. Lawson in that memory that they keep rewinding and she says, I like the view from up there. I think that might be setting up her position at Alpha Flight eventually if they wanted to set that up in, in the MCU with her up on the base floating above Earth being the first line of defense kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so so that that might be something that they want to go longer term, and, and those are kind of little Easter eggs or I guess little breadcrumbs for, for what they might have in the future.
2: Well, there you go. Um, So we're going to go into the next thing. Uh, But before we get into that, I know we're going to get into what what, uh, X-Men or Fantastic Four character we think is going to appear first. I want to say this. I think mutants in general. So we've seen now we've seen Infinity Stones create the twins with Wanda and and, uh, Quicksilver. Now Captain Marvel. Uh, I believe even the arc reactor is was Howard Stark trying to copy the Tesseract. Um, Yeah. So I I want to say that like when maybe Endgame ends with all the stones being destroyed and that energy spreads throughout the world and when that's how we get mutants. Yeah,
4: that's 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 a, a high possibility. I, I could see that being one of the routes. I, I I don't think this is the route they'll go, but the one of my favorite theories is that this whole time the mutants have been among us. And then uh, Professor X has been using Cerebro to, to block out the whole memory of mutants from the rest of society so that we're not chasing them down in the way that we always are and persecuting them because they're different from us and that he's just using Cerebro to keep the whole idea of mutants out of all of our heads.
2: I like that. I like it. But I still like, if they go that route, there's no way Magneto's just been sitting back not doing shit. That's true as well. Yeah. Well, what's the deal
4: with Magneto and, and you know, any number of other characters that, that probably would go, you know, go rogue, not to suggest rogue exactly. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely other mutants that would have made a, a problem for all of us. But, hey, who knows? Maybe Professor X is just making us, you know, forget about it as soon as it happens.
2: True. I mean, the way that they retcon scrolls in that Shield's known about them. Who's to say that Shield doesn't have Magneto locked up somewhere?
4: Yeah, it'd they, be interesting to see you know where some of the scrolls and all that kind of stuff pop up. But I do think that the mutants are, like you said, going to be connected to the Infinity Stones in some way. Yeah, crazy.
2: All right, so last topic for today which x-men or fantastic four character appears in the mcu first and how a great question people i did not come up with this one this is one Bello did come up with (laughs) so i'm gonna gonna have you answer it first who do you think all right i'm i've
4: i've got two but they come in the same movie i'll kind of paint it all together here so if i had my druthers um in black panther 2 it would be a story very much focused on the war the ever-ending war between atlantis and in Wakanda and that would lead to the first mutant Neymar coming up the submariner basically being the first one um, and the movie would basically be kind of set like your typical X versus Y superhero movie where it starts off like a a, a battle between Wakanda and Atlantis we kind of paint the picture of Atlantis and then Ultimately, uh, we, we discovered there's a greater villain that's really manipulating all this and they have to work together to defeat them. And the deal is brokered by Storm, who would come into Wakanda. You know, maybe she has already a history built in there and they just kind of say, welcome back. And then she kind of brokers the peace treaty between Neymar and, and T'Challa and the the two of them you know, the battle whatever evil villain is, is causing all of this ruckus.
2: OK, I like that. I like that one. Um, my idea is, I think the easiest way is read Richards, not even saying the whole Fantastic Four, but you can okay. easily have him as someone. Maybe he's researching the quantum realm. Now that that's going to be a thing that that's probably more information is going to be out there. And he's researching it at the end of a movie. He just appears as a scientist or whatever. At the end of the movie, you see he's getting ready to go on an exploration. He thinks he's going to the quantum realm. He gets his family involved. Movie starts off. They come back. They have their powers. I think that,
4: that makes that, so. Yeah, especially with Jan and Van Dyne having some powers coming back out of the quantum yeah. world. That makes a lot of sense for, for how they'd set them up in particular. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, I think at the end of it, mine, mine's probably a little ambitious. Like, we're probably going to get one of them in an end credit scene, and that'll be the, the first real appearance. So, I mean, Reed Richards doing something like that. Uh, Deadpool, obviously just, oh, hey there. You know, like one of those kind of deals uh, (laughs) that I mean, that would just be too easy almost. And then uh, I could see Doom or Silver Surfer being like, you know, just uh, the movie ends and we just see the surfer going flying off or we see Doom doing something, you know. So there's there's a lot of obviously really cool possibilities. I'm just super sad that they're going to recast everybody like everybody.
2: I mean, Uh, man. yeah, I know (laughs) that's that's been one of my dream things is like because Captain uh, America and and Logan Wolverine have had history like they melt in World War II. I always to see Hugh Jackman and Chris Evans together was always something that I would love to see those two characters. And it seems like either way, that's not going to happen. Like for all intents and purposes, it looks like Chris Evans is going to be done as Captain Mm -hmm. America. Hugh Jackman is, he's, if anyone is holding on to any hopes, that man is done with Wolverine. You can tell by the way he talks about it.
4: Yeah, as soon as they, uh, him and Ryan Reynolds kind of patched things up, quote unquote, on social media, not that yeah. long ago, I was like, this is their way of telling us it's not going to happen, guys. And I was like, just so sad about it. But Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Hopefully, fits his way in there. We can make a bunch of jokes about Hugh Jackman, uh, kind of fourth wall breaks and stuff like that. will be the closest that we get to him being in the MCU. But my my issue with X-Men and Fantastic Four might not be as big of an issue, but with the X-Men, there's so many characters. And there's so few actors out there left that haven't already been in these kinds of movies. It's really going to be hard to—they're talking about setting up Avengers versus X-Men as kind of like the next big you, you know, multi-hero movie that they set up somewhere down the road. And I can't imagine even the best-case scenario for X-Men casting, them them lining up and looking legit against the existing Avengers cast. So— I mean, hey, they their MCU, the Marvel Studios has done a great job. I got no real reason to doubt them. They even pleasantly surprised me with Captain Marvel, but um, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for the MCU jumping the shark. its I thought it was coming. I thought it was coming with Captain Marvel. and We might be a few movies away, but I'm still worried.
2: I mean, as long as Kevin is involved, I'm almost not worried about them jumping the shark at all. I mean, that may come back to bite me in the ass, but I just don't have that <laughs> concern. Um, But I think that um, with the X-Men, I really hope that they go the young route. Like, and it sucks. Cause I know that that's what first class and everything's been. Yeah. I kind of hope they go that route and and find new actors that can grow that can play those characters for three, four or five movies. And they can actually, we can attach ourselves to them. Um, I mean, that's not promised either. But like you said, I mean, when you look at the the first set of the X-Men, this X-Men, people who've been in DC movies, Marvel movies, there's really not that much left to pick from.
4: No, there really isn't. And I mean, and you, like you said, basically have to sign up people that you think will be not only around, but relevant for three, four or five movies, you know, potentially so. That's that's a crapshoot. It's really hard to pick those people out, especially young actors out there who don't really have a ton of track record. Uh, it's 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 going to be an interesting you know move. Hopefully, they can kind of dip their toe into it. And I've really, I really, I think with the Fantastic Four, I'm kind of hoping that they go a little
2: older. I don't know about oh, you. Yeah, Fantastic Four, definitely. I, I got my fingers crossed for John Cena as the thing. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, and people will of course hear that he's a wrestler. He would be perfect for that drax man drax drax has been killing it in the
4: mcu for years and it looks like he's probably done with them um yeah. he might not get unsnapped that, that would that be funny they're just like yeah we have no idea why drax didn't get unsnapped it just he's the only one
2: <laughs> are they i mean he's under so much what if they just recast him i mean they
4: they could yeah uh i guess so i, mean, I be, don't think
2: anyone can hit that comedic timing like he does but they can always try to recast him uh yeah but yeah that that sucks uh you just got me sad now thinking about the fact that He's probably he, he he seems like he's going to be done after they film Guardians. Like he's not renewing that contract at all. There's reports he may get uh, cast in Suicide Squad, James Gunn's new movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah,
4: him and Idris Elba. Idris, you're better than this, bro. Don't do it. Don't do. It. Dude's going to be
2: Bond. He's Heimdall, and now he's going to be whatever Will Smith. It's it's going to be interesting to watch, but we'll we'll see. Um, anything left with MCU man before we say goodnight? I mean, we can probably do this all day, uh, oh, but yeah. no, I could, I, this I could do day.
4: this all day. There you go. That's <laughs> it, I guess. Uh, but no, no, nothing more on Marvel, at least not for the time being. Endgame's coming out. What? We got like six weeks. Who'd have thunk, man? A year ago, we were sitting around going, we got a year. Now we only got six weeks.
2: <laughs> I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I, you know what? I know we're, we're getting Shazam uh, in a month, too. I'm actually kind of looking forward. Aquaman pleasantly surprised me. I know this is a completely yeah. different universe, but I'm looking forward to Shazam. Yeah, Shazam should be should be interesting. Have you been watching Doom Patrol? Absolutely.
4: Yeah, Doom Patrol's pretty lit. I'm I'm yeah. pretty into that. Titans was awesome, and this kind of picked right up where they left off there. I'm digging the new Cyborg.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, Doom Patrol is really good, and it's, it's better than I thought, because when they appeared in Titans, I was like, this shit. But it's right? been a lot that's, better.
4: That was kind of what I thought too. But I'm the narrator's keeping me hooked. the The bad guy slash narrator, I guess. Yeah. So that that's an interesting spin in and of itself.
2: Well, all right, Bellow, man, tell the people where they can find you.
4: Well, I got more places where you could find me than usual. So you could find me for all my Marvel, pro wrestling, and and generally lighthearted things at Bellow being Bellow. And then, should you dare uh, dip into the political realm, you can find me at Cancel This Pod. And then, uh, like I mentioned before, cancel this podcast.podbean.com and cancel this on iTunes. Just type that into your search bar and you'll find me. And uh,
2: Godspeed, if you will. <laughs> well, there it is, people. You guys already know where you can find me. We're out. Peace. All right. That was this week's show. That's episode 92 of The Awakened Soul in the Bank. You can go ahead and follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod. You can also send us a uh voicemail or text that is six one four five four seven two zero three nine. Uh email us as well theawakensopod at gmail dot Make sure you go to the breaksmedia Check out all the lovely podcasts, YouTube shows, uh blogs, everything that we have there as well. Still working on the forms uh for that website. So just be there. The Breaks Media is where you guys want to be in 2019. I promise you that. But this is CEO Hayes. I'm signing off for this week. I will catch you, beautiful and lovely people, for episode 93 next week. We're going right into episode 100, which is coming in mid-May. I can't wait to get into episode 100. I got some big, big, big stuff planned for episode 100. So that's it. Enough teasing. I will see you guys next week. Peace.
0: This has been a presentation of the Break Breaks Media